And the bulletin is live on Joy 99.7 FM in Accra. Also live on Love 99.5 in Kumasi and affiliates across the country. This evening, chairperson of the APT Reconstruction Committee urges contractors working on the rebuilding of the community to speed up with work before the onset of the rainy season. We still urge the contractors to hurry up with their work a bit because of the rains that are coming. Soon we'll be in the thick of the rainy season and uh, we have to uh, roof most of the uh, buildings or the structures before the rains come. Details as government is confident the contractors uh, will work on schedule to complete the project. Also, uh, there's a lot brewing within the National Democratic Congress uh, with regards to his parliamentary race as aspirant for the Ayaso West Wogon. Moses Bafia Champo expresses shock at the decision by the party to vet rival aspirant and actor John Dumelofona. It's inappropriate and it's surprising that the parts after making the required payments, after going through all the necessary procedures, would surprisingly make a U-turn that um, actor John Dumelo should be the only person to be vetted in Ayawaso West Wagon. And is Ghana going back to the dark days of Dumso? Tonight, engineers at the Ghana National Gas Company were working around the clock to complete maintenance works at the Etiable Gas Processing Plant, which necessitated some imminent or intermittent power supply uh, in the last one week. We'll get you details, plus tell you more about the festivities at the Inspector General of Police, uh, school strivers on safety and security during the Easter festivities, as he urges them to drive safely. And my name is Blessed Sumna. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Chairperson of the uh, PRT Reconstruction Committee, Benito Usubio, is urging contractors working on the rebuilding of the community to speed up work before the rainy season sets in. Addressing the press after visiting the site to inspect uh, progress of work, the Deputy Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, responsible for lands and forestry, says he is confident the contractors will be on schedule to complete the project. The PAT community was flattened with 13 people and uh, uh, killed and a dozen uh, injured on the 20th of January uh, when a truck loaded with mining explosives detonated uh, in the community last year. We can listen to Benito Osubio. We, as the committee, the reconstruction committee, uh, we've been here and uh, what we've seen I would say we are very, very satisfied with the uh, outcome of the work and even the progress of the work to say that right now uh, we can rest at ease that uh, our timelines, we can now say that they can be met and uh, also the consultant who is here permanently with them and things are going on very, very fine. Uh, We've gone around, we've inspected all the works, we've seen the road works that are coming up, the drains, and that too, we'll say, is uh, a good job done. Uh, also, uh, the drainage system that you are doing down there in the stream, that too is ongoing. 
what we can say is that we still urge the contractors uh, to hurry up with their work a bit because of the rains that are coming. Soon we'll be in the thick of the rainy season and uh, we have to uh, roof most of the uh, buildings or the structures before the rains come uh, so that at least uh, that will not store the progress of work whilst it's raining even they can still be inside internally working as for the first phase i know we have enough funds to be able to complete the first phase uh, let us get to about 80% of the work. Then we'll look at how much we've received and what is left. And then we'll look at whether it can cover uh, a substantial uh, percentage of the second phase. But we'll still urge Ghanaians, uh, contributors, uh, philanthropists, that they should, they should still come to our aid. And we've not completed the work. Our PAT is not finished. And as such, uh, we are calling on them to still contribute. Uh, and that's the Deputy Lancer Natural Resources Minister, Benito Sobio. Uh, let's uh, get on the lines now and speak to the Executive Director uh, of Mining Advocacy Group, Welcome, Daniel Also Kranting. Thank you, sir, for your time. Now, you put out your findings of what you did in the community, raising concerns about uh, the conditions of the affected residents of a PRT, especially uh, when it comes to housing, and compensation. Has that situation changed? Nobody is ready to compensate uh, anybody. Unfortunately, the, the, the line was breaking, but I think I, I, I get what was being asked. Uh, let, let me first indicate that the, there are many um, different sets of the problems of appearance that we have seen. I think the, the line is not clear. Yeah, the line is not that clear. Uh, and Joseph, I'll come to you shortly. Uh, just uh, wait for us briefly uh, whilst we listen to Daniel also Kranting, who's the uh, executive director for Wacom. I'll come to you, Joseph, because your story is very touching. Uh, you lost quite a lot. We'll get into it shortly. So, Joe, just hold on for us. Uh, but, uh, Mr. Kranting, you were making a point there. Apologies for that. Yeah, so you can, you can hear me clearly now. Loud and clear, sir. Okay. I, I indicated that the, the various facet uh, of the APRC problem. One of them is the fact that the, uh, the, the housing that is being dealt with. But the other factor is like even the health issues, you know, the health issues of those who are affected. We are in touch and we know that people are still having you know, issues. Then the, the, the other side of it is also the livelihood question. You know. But the bigger issue is the fact that we, we had this problem on us. And we have been, I think the whole nation wanted to know what has happened. The first thing that we expect is the government to be very transparent and indicate that this is the report and these are the, our findings and this, yeah, I'm going forward, this is what we are going to do. The, we, we agree that the people must be accommodated. You know, but even as we deal with accommodation, you must also know that people have been hurt. And what what happened to the, the people who have been hurt? It's not just a one-off issue. You know, they have long-term issues on the on the help of the people. And how are they dealing with it now? And we are we know that people have health problems that are not the attended serious health problems, you know. And then also the livelihood question. So as you address the issue of the the housing, you must also know that there are different aspects of the problems. And then the bigger issue is what actually happened. Daniel, 
want to move. And I think that the, gov- the, the, the state owes and the government owes us a certain responsibility to let us know what happened. Uh, the, the, the that, prom- we haven't had an answer to that question, that issue, to, as, of, as, as of the time I'm talking to you right now. Uh, the, the promise was to rebuild the community, uh, yet that project has, uh, say, stalled, stalled or delayed. I, I'm not too sure of, of where to classify that project. In your estimation, uh, what's your findings suggesting uh, about uh, the status of that compensation, first of all, and reconstruction of the entire community? What, what I would say is that the, the, it's progressing well. Uh, but as we speak to you right now, the people are being accommodated in what what they call the uh, the, the site, which was a place that was being prepared for the um, uh, resettlement of the uh, um, this uh, uh, another another community close by. Yeah. So the people are still living in uh, they, are, they are very uncomfortable. They live in one room, and number of people are carrying. The most important thing is also the fact that the health is also the health issue who are affected. It's also very, very important. And then we have to address the accommodation issue. We must also look at how are they going to live. They cannot live on charity forever. And then even now the charity it's also another problem. You know, things are not going on well for them as it you know it, it used to be. But by and large, we don't think that the government should um even though the government should invest in, in the institute. But the larger issue is the fact that we should hold the company that um, did not go by the rules of the LI-2177. You know, we, should, we should hold them. And then also, there should be an issue of compensation in this whole thing. Okay. Mm. So, we're just addressing the issue of the, uh, you know, the building, it's not, it's not the only problem. The only problem that is the way we look at it. Uh, well, that, so that's the executive uh, director of uh, Mining Advocacy Group. Uh, welcome, Daniel also Kranting. I'm grateful, uh, Mr. Kranting, for your time. Uh, but many in the APT community itself continue to count their loss. Uh, for instance, Joseph Appiah lost his 21-year-old son, a house and a pub as well. Uh, but life is not getting any better. Joseph, uh, let's hear your story. Uh, just share that with us, Joseph, because... Um, when I stand, those of you who are affected are no longer sleeping in tents. You've been moved to another location, but, but you're not happy because you do not have, for instance, access to electricity. How to- thank you very much for this opportunity. I would like to take this opportunity to thank every single Ghanaian who supported APRT during and after the explosion. Indeed, we are most grateful for your support. God bless all. Um, I will start with the issues baffling the people of Apiati, not limited to what you just asked. The living standard of Apiati is too miserable in a way that I don't even know how to talk about it. To start with the peak, let me quickly take you through some of the difficulties we are going through at Apiati. The temporary accommodation for the people of Apiati, that is Odumasi resettlement. The rooms have no plastering, no ceiling, no electricity, and more importantly, no water currently as I speak to you. Let's move on to reconstruction site. Uh, during the explosion, some block buildings 
which were put down by the municipal assembly. And as I speak to you now, they have not contacted or communicated to their various owners for now. Uh, and you, you, in terms Again, of... Again, I, I, yes. I have so many things to tell you. So let me finish so that if you have more questions... You F- fair enough. Me. Yes. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Again, they are using compressed earth bricks for the reconstruction instead of the bent bricks. I usually break the compressed earth bricks with my bare hands, and I have done that several. We have new side buildings, which were partly affected or damaged. On the 21st day of April, Honorable Benito Owusu-Bio met all owners of the new site buildings and told us that he came with two groups of people whose job is to do structural integrity tests and evaluation as well, starting from the following day, which was 22nd April 2022. And so they will call us to witness the go by the exercise. That is the end of the story. We haven't heard from anybody at all. All these heavy rains falls in the building because of damaged roof. My brother, the leaders of this country will always sit down for anthills to develop into mountains before they try to find solutions to their problems. Is it the best? Uh, it's a it's an interesting question you're asking, but uh, let's let's yeah. for, let's forge ahead. The the concern about what you need now, what would that be? Yeah, currently, currently, um, we need so many things. As I mentioned earlier on, I told you, I told you a lot about where we are staying now, and then even the compensation. Right now, I'm talking to you. Even birth certificate, death certificate. The 13 people who died at the spot, the death certificate is not ready. We've been moving here and there, here and there. Nobody is able to provide us with a death certificate. Moreover than the, the, the incident report. Uh, so, so now the, the rainy season is, is very close. Um, are you confident that the contractors will complete the project so you can at least find safe shelter? Concerning about the contractors, personally, I've spoken to a lot of them. There are six contractors who are doing the reconstruction. And when you go to the site right now, you could see that uh, some um, buildings have gotten to the roofing stage. Others have been roofed. Others are at the, at the fall. And then I was told point blank that uh, um, the money that they are, that they are expecting from the government is not coming. That is why they are draining the process, because everything is money. Meanwhile, the money is not coming. What can they do? Anyway, uh, we're grateful for for your time. That's uh, Joseph Appiah. He lost a 21-year-old son uh, house in a pub uh, when that unfortunate disaster happened within the Apiati community, a deadly explosion it was. On now to politics, specifically talking about the NDC, because the parliamentary candidate hopeful for the party in the Ayasu West, uh, Wogon Moses Bafia Chambo, has expressed shock about the party's decision to vet only 
uh, one candidate going into the primaries, and that's actor John Dumelo, who's gunning to be the party's uh, parliamentary representative for the 2024 elections. The party reshadowed the vetting for the constituency from Monday uh, after some concerns had been raised about the inability of other aspirants to pay their filing fees online. Speaking to joiners, Moses Bafi uh, described the development as unfortunate, vowing to fight until the right thing is done. It's inappropriate and it's surprising that um, the party, after we successfully filing um, our nomination forms, after making the required payments, after going through all the necessary procedures, would um, surprisingly mm. make a U-turn that um, actor John Dumelo should be the only person to be vetted in Iowa so West Wagon. I mean, it's surprising because just this Monday, when that was the date we were supposed to be vetted, um, we had a meeting with the regional chairperson of um, the party, NDC, right. of the party. Um, and he stated that because of some issues that were popping up regarding the online filing, um, the, he had received a directive from the national chairman that um, I also was to work on. Um, the vetting should be postponed until they clarified those technicalities. That, that, this was on Monday. This was on Monday. Uh, and the exercise was rescheduled, uh, per our checks, to the next day. No, indefinitely. It was indefinitely. On okay, right. It was on indefinitely. Monday. Right, okay. So we're hoping that we will get the new date from, from the, the party. And um, just for me to surprisingly hear that um, actor John Dumelo has been um, cleared mm -hmm. yes. to, to be vetted. Well, in spite of that story, lawyer Champon says he's confident based on his work in the constituency, he will be giving the nod by delegates to lead the party in the constituency. I am so certain about this, and let me tell you why I'm so certain about it. I have been with the branch executives way back last year, attended meetings with them, Jojo, with them, give them, I mean, as I said, go for branch meetings, serve them with water and drinks, they, no plastic chairs, bought plastic chairs for almost every ward level, just three wards, organizing health screening for them, legal outreach for them. I've been with them since last year, solving their problems, their issues. So they know that as at that time, nobody, as at that time, it was, it was even um, out there that maybe John was going to sell. There was nobody, and I was with the people. Now, the people are asking that, what are the problems we are facing as the NDC in Iowa Sowas Wagon? They are facing too many issues. Or I would say, too, yes, too many issues. The first one is that, we are facing some level of factional system in Iowa so we're going to have constituency elections where there have been issues where even two of the contestants, I mean, are still in court challenging the, the, the validity of those who were elected. They are still in court. So there are issues of disunity in Iowa so we're going What the branch executives are asking is that they want somebody who can unite the front of the NDC in Iowa so we're going And they think that mm, lawyer Moses is humble enough, he's respectful enough, he tolerates everybody, so he can bring that level of um, unity in a wagon. And that's uh, M Moses Bayfi Echampo, who's confident of leading the National Democratic Congress in the Ayaso West Wagon constituency. Meanwhile, National Deputy General Secretary of the party, Mustafa Bande, has been dismissing the claims from this aspirant and the other, uh, Fred Nyama, who's also raising some concerns. Uh, he says that the party uh, is not giving undue advantage to John Dumelo over the other two aspirants. According to him, after everything, the party will surely come up united. I can assure you that throughout this process, the national chairman of our party, who is a leader, the general secretary of our party, have all demonstrated neutrality, have cautioned all members of FEC to ensure 
that we do not get ourselves involved in anything that will prevent us from being part of any reconciliation exercise. So clearly, um, National Executive Committee or the party at any level is not doing anything to impose a candidate on a constituency and that will not be allowed to stand if even um, there's that case at any part of the country. In the case of John DeMello and Dayo Asu West Wagon plus the other contestants, I think it is within the right of the vetting committee to decide if there are some issues they believe that cannot be resolved and they will refer him to the National Executive Committee. And that's uh, Mustafa Bande, he's the National uh, Deputy General Secretary for the NDC. Well, let's talk about the load shedding exercise because tonight engineers and other technicians of the Ghana National Gas Company are working around the clock to complete maintenance on the Echabu gas processing plant. The plant has been shut down in uh, the past few weeks for some works to be carried out on, uh, of course, uh, a situation that necessitated a load shedding plan from the electricity company of Ghana to deal with the shortfalls of gas supplies to some of the power plants. My colleague, Wilco Santi, is joining us uh, with details uh, on, uh, of course, what our sources are telling us as to whether or not that exercise has been completed or otherwise. Quickly, you've been working, uh, of course, your sources at, at Ghana Gas. What, what are we learning about the whole exercise? Blessed, according to the timetable published by the um, Electricity Company of Ghana, that load shedding exercise is ending today. And that load shedding exercise, like you said, was contingent on Ghana Gas completing the renovation works. Our understanding is that Ghana Gas engineers are, are, are on site currently trying to complete the work. A source we spoke with within the Ghana National Gas Company Limited says they are working, and as soon as that is done, they will be putting out a statement. Uh, and that's the position of the Ghana Gas Company. The electricity company of Ghana puts out a timetable or a schedule um, of load shedding. Is that likely to end today? ECG is remaining tight-lipped about the situation. Whenever you call any official of the company, they tell you to reach out to Ghana Gas because they are the ones who ask them to put out that timetable. And so as soon as Ghana Gas is able to confirm that these renovation works have all been completed, then there will be no need for further light out for some people within the country. Uh, quick question, thank you for that update. Well, join us is learning that some other power players uh, or power sector players are equally concerned about the situation. My colleague uh, at the, uh, of course, on the energy desk, Joseph Akable, has been digging further the concerns emanating on this exercise. We understand there are some issues with gas supply from Nigeria. Yes, there has been a challenge with the gas to be received from Nigeria. Uh, this has resulted in the loss of about 200 megawatts as to what was supposed to come in yesterday didn't come. So this is not something that is within the control of the utilities companies in Ghana. Uh, what this means is that there is a shortfall in available power. So peak hours, we are looking at some 400 megawatts and more than 200 within the off-peak period. And this is not just due to Nigeria. There is also the bit about not having adequate fuel to power other available plants as well. On the Ghana gas update, we know that they've completed works and they've started supplying the gas, but we understand that it is not operating at full capacity yet.
And that's uh, my colleague on the energy desk, uh, Josefa Kable, uh, with the latest uh, on that. Let's stay with the electricity company of Ghana because uh, the energy distributor has disconnected power supply to residents of Amansia South District. Uh, uh, that's uh, the district chief executive himself uh, for the area. Shanti Regional Director of ECG, David Boydi, as someone led the Revenue Protection Tax Force of the company to disconnect power at the official residence of one individual he's describing as his friend, the district chief executive officer of Amansia South. The task force also took away electric cables uh, used for illegal service connection. There's more in the following report by Ohiming Tewia. The district assembly office complex was the first to escape disconnection after 19,000 Ghana cities unpaid electricity bills were settled instantly. The district's education and immigration offices, however, had their power supply cut by the task force. Some residential facilities, including the district assembly bungalows, also suffered disconnection for non-payment of bills. The official residence of the DCE for the area, Clement Opoku, was next to suffer power cut. Ashanti Regional Director of ECG, Engineer David Bodi Asamwa tells Joyce power supply to the DC's apartment was illegal. This service serves the DC for Amansia South. The service connection to the house is unauthorized. It doesn't go through any ECG document. So we term it as illegal extension. Now that we have identified it, we are removing the wires. Every energy he has used over the period that he has used it will recover. Engineer Bodia Samoa described the GCE as his friend, but explained his stance of professionalism over friendship. But the DC is my good friend. He calls me, he comes to my office with chat. But this is purely a professional work that we are doing. How do you feel to do this to your friend, a man that you say he's your friend? Now, from today onwards, he's going to sleep in darkness. As a professional, you need to distinguish friendship from professionalism. We are friends, so I don't think that this will mar our friendship. And that's uh, a report by Ohiming Tewia in the Ashanti Regional Capital, Kumase. And uh, back here in Accra, the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Kufo Dampar, is cautioning drivers against uh, speeding beyond limits after paying a surprise visit to the State Transport Corporation. The IGP alluded to passengers who ask drivers to speed because they're in a hurry. And one, the phenomenon is part of the reason why there are so many accidents on Ghana's roads. Passengers of Wana, Omuba, Nabia, Omadia, Omakechi, Abiyomupian, Matikos, and Mumpon for the members of the Zone, and Omudin Komoi, and I'm police TV, so and a media baby. So, we advise passengers not to force drivers to overspeed because we only have one life. It is important to return so you had uh, the IGP, Dr. George Ekufo-Dampari, interacting with some uh, drivers at bus terminals across the uh, country, starting with the greater Accra region. Meanwhile, Secretary for the New Plant Drivers Union, Kofinti, raised concerns about the poor state of the road networks and, and of course, is hopeful that government will fix them. For the roads are so small, for the population that we have now, and that's caused too many accidents, too many problems. We have been talking about it for the longest, but still, nothing has been done. 
And I think if they're thinking about safety, then they should think about the roads. Because if the roads are not good, then there won't be any safety. And that's uh, the secretary uh, to the New Plan Drivers Union, Kofi Inti, speaking there. But on Monday, the Jonathan Esther Soup Kitchen will come off at the Wager Leproserum, where we spend time with the inmates there. Programs manager here at Joy FM, Adam Knighty, shares the details. So Monday is our Joy FM Easter Soup Kitchen. You know it's Easter time to forgive, time to share, time to show love. And every Easter Joy FM does that. Remember last year, we came together, you were there, we cooked and we, you know, served it to the underprivileged in our environs, Malata, Newtown and all that. This year, we're doing it in a different way. We're going to the Wager Leproserium to go and, you know, for lack of a better word, fellowship with the residents over there and um, father campbell himself will be there the whole joy team will be there this time around we don't want any issues so we're not cooking the meals lunch avenue is helping us cook the meals and uh, market is you know giving us the boxes of water we're going there serve them food beverages water party with them we'll be coming to you live on monday from wage and the Procerium, and it's going to be a very good time with the residents there and indeed, you can also put a smile on the faces of uh, these vulnerable persons by joining that Joy FM is the soup kitchen you had there. Programs manager here at Joy FM, Adam Knighty. And that's all we have for you here on News Night. I am blessed to come. We have a lot of stories and updates for you at myjoyonline.com. It is indeed a good Friday.